the ability to aggregate, normalize, predict, and learn across your enterprise of sometimes thousands of buildings should no longer be considered a luxury. We need these tools now. Occupant safety and awareness is paramount to building that trust. Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Welcome back to Smart Energy Voices. I'm John Fiella. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast and we'd greatly appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to take two minutes of your time today to leave us a review. At our recent Innovation Summit, SED's Director of Content and Research, Deborah Channel, sat down with Andrew Blauvent and Ken Watson from Building OS to discuss the shift in building industry energy metrics and how to establish baselines in a world that has inconsistent occupancy levels and changing public health guidelines. Andrew and Ken share their extensive experience and insight on best practices for navigating this dynamic shift with Deborah in this important interview. Enjoy it. Andrew, let's just go to you first. Give us a brief description of your role at Building OS. Yeah, thanks, Deborah. I lead the sales team and, and primarily focus more of a, a technical solution scoping for our partners and, and end users to really help drive the scope of work on, on what they're trying to achieve and really focus on those use cases, which, which we've been able to reproduce across a number of organizations and really drive a more consistent, centralized approach to energy management. Thanks and welcome. And Ken, why don't you tell us something about your job? Yeah, so at Acuity Brands, I am a senior manager of key accounts. So I help organizations with the technology and and program expertise to meet their energy and climate goals. Thanks. And let's get started with our questions because we have a lot of information here. If 2020 has has taught us anything, expect the unexpected. This has been a very unexpected year on so many fronts. So let's talk about how a year of COVID-19 has impacted building management in terms of occupancy and energy consumption levels. And Ken, we'll start with you. Yeah, I would say that 2020 was likely the most challenging year in modern history for anticipating and forecasting energy consumption. And because of that, the data from 2020 really have skewed to the point where we can't use that to plan future usage based on the historical year-over-year comparisons. Complicating that further are the severe weather events that we saw through a lot of the different regions of the country. And obviously, the fallout from the pandemic is leading to things like stricter indoor air quality guidelines that are going to increase future energy consumption, again, relative to the past. So hopefully, we aren't affected by a pandemic anytime soon. But but again, the fallout from COVID-19 and, and the realities of climate change and that these types of unpredictable fluctuations in, in year-over-year consumption are likely here to stay. All right. So, Ken, let me ask you a follow-up. Something that we've been hearing a lot about is, you know, organizations with goals tied to 2020 or using baseline years. It's more than a bookkeeping problem, but it's uh, there's going to be a bookkeeping issue. How should companies be thinking about this? Yeah. So, I think organizations that have used 2020 as a benchmark for energy consumption planning and climate goals, they might want to look at kind of revising their their planning for 
for using that year. There were just so many variables in 2020, lowered energy consumption from reduced occupancy, potentially greater consumption from severe weather events or weather can kind of go either way. And then we talked about the, the adherence to the new ASHRAE guidelines as well, which is going to typically increase energy consumption at, at those facilities. But again, we're also talking about national or, or global portfolios. So some of these things are going to influence some regions or, or facilities and some are not going to be a, as affected. So essentially what we are recommending to our customers is to start taking kind of a more sophisticated, tailored, data-driven approach to that benchmarking going forward. So now you've laid out some of the problems. Let's start digging into what some of the solutions might be. And let me turn this over to Andrew. Moving forward, we're really going to need to establish baselines that are based on predictive modeling, leveraging machine learning. Predictive modeling uses real-time data to establish performance baselines essential to helping teams forecast consumption and manage savings against those reduction targets. While corporate sustainability requirements are still a top priority, energy managers need to understand the effects of fluid conditions, including occupancy levels, operating hours, and new code requirements around ventilation and particulate levels. Pulling up a dashboard here, we've really taken the liberty to actually examine one of our own facilities. As you can see from the dashboard, we're using a learning model to analyze electricity at one of our largest buildings. As you can see from the initial graph on the left, we are, are really doing a year-to-year -year comparison and understanding that our usage, yes, has been down significantly, 17%, which is really tracking towards our goals. When we layer on a little bit more of a smarter layer using our, our weather normalized baseline that's learning every month, our actual savings are not quite as significant as we had hoped. So we're, we're down about 10% and trending in the right direction. But when we look at the third iteration of this, and this is where we're adding more data, getting higher value insights from that data, and really giving us an idea of what to expect into the future, bringing in occupancy data. In this case, you know, we're really only down a percent and a half. And so going to a, a future state, you know, when we're back into normal occupied levels in these buildings, we shouldn't expect to have any more or less energy consumption from this building. It will go right back up to where we had before without any new measures that we perform, whether it be lighting, control, anything around demand, ventilation. It will likely go up knowing the fact that we are going to have higher ventilation requirements from the new code requirements coming out of ASHRAE. Okay, so now let's think about as we return to offices, because someday we'll return to offices. I know some people already are back. Some people have been there the whole time. Smart Energy Decisions has fielded a couple of pulse studies on returning to work. The last one we did was in January. And some people just don't think they're going back at least till the third or fourth quarter. A significant number are waiting for 2022, and some are waiting for the vaccine. So it's a very fluid situation as the vaccine rolls out faster than expected, slower than expected in some areas. So tell us about predictive modeling's role in ensuring occupant health as people return to work. Yeah, definitely. We've had a lot of our partners and customers come to us with the same questions. And we've really been looking at a, a data forward approach we've really introduced new data types to our system that allow us to take the same sort of regression methods using machine learning to predict certain conditions within spaces that aren't necessarily around your traditional energy management consumption and, and costs, but more conditions in the space which would really reduce the transmission of airborne particulates. So in our platform, we really use prediction at every level. In this case, we are predicting the level of indoor air quality based 
based on historical variables. And as you can see from this dashboard, we are leveraging an IoT sensor, which is providing us data straight from the edge to the cloud. And we're pulling in all air quality related data points, including humidity, CO2, temperature, PM 2.5, PM 10, and VOCs. For these conditions, we know through ASHRAE that transition of airborne particulates are at their lowest probability when humidity is between 40 and 60%, CO2 is less than 700 parts per million, and PM 2.5 is less than 3 micrograms per square meter. And that's all per the ASHRAE recommendations. In order to model that and, and to really alert on that in real time, we are using logic in the background, which is creating a calculated analytical point, which is visualized here in a heat map. And we can really see that this space in particular is not ideal, and, it, and we, would, we would deem this unsafe. There's certain things you can do easily, push more air through the space, control that 700 ppm, which also helps with those PM 2.5 levels. But humidification, that's really a seasonal thing, especially where I'm at in the Midwest, where it's, it's hard to control without including new hardware into your, your space. Additionally, we allow for the prediction of of that forecasted model 10 days into the future, up to 15-minute intervals at a high level of statistical accuracy. So you can really see planning of when spaces will be safe, when they won't be safe, and then really track and trend how those different variables that you're affecting are really kind of going towards those KPIs of, of safe spaces. And as you're talking, this is dovetailing nicely into one of the themes of our event, which is new technology. And when you're bringing new technology to the C-suite to all of your internal and external stakeholders getting their buy-in, that's really key to adoption of new technologies. There's no doubt about that. So how should our buyers and our audience today be thinking about how to engage their stakeholders on resource optimization and adding this new technology? What do they need to do? Yeah, I'd say you know leveraging the current conditions around indoor air quality requirements, fluctuating baseline models, and the uncertainty of future building operations really provides us with a, a unique change management opportunity to engage those C-suite stakeholders in an onverse, honest conversation around which tooling is a requirement to handle such a monumental task. The ability to aggregate, normalize, predict, and learn across your enterprise of sometimes thousands of buildings should no longer be considered a luxury. We need these tools now. Occupant safety and awareness is paramount to building that trust within an organization and further communicating that to the industry really will help our partners be viewed as pioneers within those respective industries on, on providing safe and, and trustworthy spaces. So staying on the topic of the buy-in, for lack of a better word, for internal and external stakeholders, Ken, let me throw this back to you and talk to us a little bit about occupant engagement. Occupant and stakeholder engagement dashboarding can be a useful tool as well. It helps create kind of a feedback loop that allows organizations to share things like real-time energy use, project status, green initiatives, and any kind of post-COVID facility improvements that they've made, like increased airflow or air changes, indoor air quality sensors, et cetera, with the folks that are actually occupying the building and, and may have concerns about coming back to work. Okay, thank you for that. And let's go on to our next question, which is really talking about next steps. What do our energy and facility managers need to be thinking about as they move forward? And Andrew, we'll go back to you for this one. I'd say the, the first step is using the tools that you have. In that case, you know, it's really ventilation. 
bringing more air into the space, flushing out the space, allowing there to be as much fresh air as you can. That is really being measured by airflow stations. We've recently worked with Ebtron, a leader in, in airflow stations, to actually natively integrate from the edge to our cloud so we can get visibility into how many air changes per hour based on things like you know occupancy are actually being performed in the space. The next step further, I know we had mentioned this, is, is being able to see things a little bit deeper than air flow, you know, stuff like particulates, CO2, VOCs, the things that are in the air, and then actively managing via alerting, via dashboarding, your various methods of occupant engagement, how you're creating that ideal safe space for your, your customers. And again, while managing that back to your energy and sustainability goals, that data also can be used in those predictive models to help you understand what the effects are of that airflow, of that new fan energy that's required to push that through your space or, you know, that new chilled water costs that's associated with providing more air to the space and, and, and conditioning more air. The final step, and this is something that, that Acuity Brands is really taking on, is, is actively combating those, those pathogens. We've got a number of technologies around UVC, which allows you to, through a low flow situation in a separate plenum, really neutralize pathogens up to, I believe, you know, 99%. So that is the ultimate case where you can really be sure that you're safe. Again, all of these different new technologies that you add, you always want to bring those variables back to your regression modeling so you can understand their effects on your targets and your goals because no one's going to fault an energy manager for keeping his or her space safe while maintaining and managing towards what the future of, of sustainability and energy is. Thanks, Andrew. And Ken, I'm going to go back to you for the next question, which is talking about next steps for energy and facility managers. What should they be thinking about and what what steps should they be taking? Yeah, thanks, Deborah. I think, at least in my opinion, I think the first step should always be concentrating on that low-hanging fruit, the low, no-cost measures like schedule optimization so that you can get the the most out of your existing infrastructure before you really have to have a, a large capital expense. From there, I would prioritize quick payback projects like like an LED retrofit, for example, again, to get your base load as low as you can by minimizing that, that capital expense. And speaking of LED retrofits, I think you always have to be thinking about, about kind of future states. So there are a lot of brands out there these days that have embedded sensors that, that are within the, the LED lights themselves that allow you to create a wireless mesh network for future IoT applications. So before you decide on a, a vendor, I would at least look into those technologies because you want to, again, future-proof yourself on on needs or solutions that might you might not have today, but you might have you know five, 10 years down the line. I think an ideal end state would be to have your entire portfolio or at least the important facilities submetered and censored so that all that critical data can be managed within a single system that is ideally highly available, like a cloud-based platform. That should include any of the type of sensors that are important to, to your operations. So occupancy sensors, airflow, you know, again, anything that's important to the way you do business. From there, you can start to leverage technologies like, like the things we're talking about today around adjusting your baselining from static to, to a learning variable model. I want to refer back to another, another part of that recent SED Pulse survey. For me, the, the best answer and the, the one that gives me hope going forward, you know, we asked, uh, what are you doing about your sustainability goals? And while about, I think it was 23% said, we're, a little, we're on hold, the majority said either that they were moving ahead 
with business as usual, or even that they were ramping up their business in terms of goals and in terms of new technology and what they need to do going forward to get their business moving again as there's return to work and all of these as we open up again. So Andrew, what's your viewpoint on that? Where do you think companies are headed in the coming months and the year? Yeah, I know from my personal experience at Acuity that we've established a new norm, working norm for designations around your job and how you need to be interacting physically with the office. We've got a lot more remote employees. Uh, Both Ken and I are now officially remote. So how do those energy use that would previously be in an office accounted for very easily, how do we look at the impact of, you know, more scope three level emissions as a residential level? There will be a a massive reduction in travel and your typical office use, but, you know, it's a balancing act that we have to, to really understand in real time as we move into a hybrid operating model of remote work and, and collaborating over tools like this. It will be something that, that we collectively set new benchmarks and baselines against. And I think every industry will be a little different. But I think if we have the data, we have the baselines, we understand where we're moving, it makes it a lot easier to make those decisions. Thanks, Andrew, Ken, and Deborah for this session. I'd also like to thank you, our community of listeners, for listening to the podcast and being a part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and please tell your colleagues and peers about it. To learn more about how you can become a part of the next Smart Energy Decisions event, click on the link in the show notes for more information. We're honored to have the opportunity to share conversations with leaders of the energy transition in this podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. 